0: Welcome to It's a Professional Life 2020. I'm Alencia Williams, your podcast host, and this series is dedicated to professionals from any industry at every level about how to navigate, find humor, and balance in what matters to you at work. Today's podcast is not only ringing in the new year, but commemorating Black History Month. So it is my pleasure to share with you an interview with my mentor, Acacia Reed, Deputy Chief Officer at LA Care, and share her journey as a young, gifted, and chief Black professional, to reference a Nina Simone Black Pride anthem of the 70s. She is certainly someone who has impressed and inspired me on what is possible and has been an incredible coach and cheering section to my questions and professional aspirations and goals. There's definitely something in this interview for anyone seeking to be a better leader, put aside obstacles, perceived and real, showing heart, humor, and courage. Let's start the show. Welcome. This is Alencia Williams. It's a professional life. And I am here with my mentor. (laughs) My mentor, Acacia Reed, is the Deputy Chief Operating Officer at LA Care. She is 40 years young, African-American and Native American. I have super enjoyed getting to know her journey, getting insights on my own journey. So Acacia, I kind of hinted at it that You are newly crowned, if you will, (laughs) (laughs) as we like to say things in our Beyonce speak. I wear it proudly. Mm -hmm. That in 2016, you stepped up into executive leadership. It is significant that I mentioned that you're a mere 40-year-old woman who's (laughs) African-American. That was something that I was very impressed with and said, I need to learn from this woman. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So, have you met many other African American women in leadership? What does the field look like? We're not where we could be.
1: We're much farther along than we were. Yeah, we're not where we should be. Um, I've met a number of, you know, senior leaders who are women, and okay. then women of color. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, to me, both are important. Here we have Augie Hydel. Oh yeah. And, and she is my LA care magic, right? Yeah, Uh, I have a couple business partners that I'm working with on a number of consulting engagements Mm -hmm. who are women of color. And so it's really exciting to see it now because I didn't have that same view when I was quote unquote growing up. Right. Right. So,
0: so I did want to, Take us back mm-hmm. to when you were growing up, because well, it's um it's amazing you tackle the job just as we all do. Yet you're a chief, so let's talk one, about uh, at least one right under it, right? <laughs> Almost. Well, let's talk about when you were a little girl, right. And what you aspired to be. Oh, so I grew
1: up in a relatively poor neighborhood in, in North Philadelphia with these crazy cool parents, lovers of music and art, right? So I will be honest and tell you when I was a little girl, I wanted to be Tawny Catane oh. from the White Snake video, right? Oh. Because she had curly hair <laughs> and... She was one of the first people. She was living her best life with curly hair. It was in a white snake video, but that's what I wanted to be, right? And then I kind of became more aware of my world and was like, okay, well, I want to be a neurologist. Okay. Until I took my first pre-med class in undergrad and I was like, oh, no. So I went into political science and decided that I was going to become an attorney. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes. And then I took the LSAT, applied to law school. And I was working full-time in managed care at the time, and I really fell in love with the business of managed care. And so I opted to not go to law school. I, I stayed in managed care, and that's how I fell in love with it.
0: Excellent. When you entered the
1: workforce, who did you look up to? So my first uh, boss in, in managed care, I actually had two. The first one I interviewed with was a woman by the name of Kelly Walkman. The second was a woman, Deidre Bailey. It was very interesting at AmeriHealth. The government affairs department, as we were known back then, was predominantly women. Deidre was the only woman of color in the department at the time. She showed me what things were possible for me. This woman was a little five foot five powerhouse who was an attorney and she was just magnificent. Um, and then Kelly was a five foot six powerhouse. Okay. And the two of them combined were really the reason why I fell in love with managed care. These two fearless individuals who would ask questions, they didn't shy away. And I am a shrinking violet at first. And so they really helped me find my voice and not be afraid to ask questions so that I understood so that I could actually make the right decision in the right time.
0: Uh, What were your parents' fields? Did you think you would go into their field? My
1: father was in television broadcasting um, and my mother was an executive assistant and event planner. And so I would, when I was little, my mother would travel all over to set up corporate events for Cigna. Funny thing is, in managed care, I ended up going to get a certification to be a uh, wedding planner and event planner. Right. And, and I remember hearing my mom like talk about her job and all the cool things and remembering not wanting to do it. And then to find myself in my early twenties, like, Oh, this is what I want to do. And it's like, Oh, well you were completely wrong when you were younger. The reason why I got into managed care is because my mother worked at the company and they had an internship program.
0: ah, And
1: a a lot of the interns were children of the employees. And so I worked with my mom for about 10 years. What was that like? You never have to bring lunch money. Oh, (laughs) right. (laughs) But it is very interesting. And you know, I was always um, wanting to be the very best, but I especially did not want anyone um, having anything bad to say about me to her, right? I want her to always be proud.
0: What about challenges and work and life balance?
1: I find finding work-life balance very hard, right? I'm just going to be honest, and I always have. Um, Even in my more junior positions in the beginning of my career, I was wanting to shine brighter. And I found that in order for me to do that, or at least I felt in order for me to be that bright star, I had to be the first one there, the last one to leave. I remember one time we were bidding on um, business in the state of Delaware and we had to pull an all-nighter and it was on a Thursday night. And Thursday night were my rehearsal nights for dance. And I worked until about 30 minutes before dance rehearsal. Left work, went to dance rehearsal, went back home, showered, went back to work. And we stayed there until about 7 a.m. the next morning, working the entire time. Yeah. Right. So I I didn't have, you know, any balance. My life was my two jobs.
0: Right. Dancing and and managed care. Mm -hmm. And I think that speaks to your work ethic to Mm -hmm. include something that's just for you. Yes. Sometimes you have to walk a line. So we were talking about personal life versus work life. But what about um, your roles now? I, I find it very interesting
1: that there is a line possibly between bravery and likability, right? Um, I was, I think I shared that one. I was listening to TED Radio Hour and there was a woman by the name of Reshma Sujani who spoke about bravery in women, And how women are really taught to be perfect and men are really taught to be brave, right? And so when we align that thought with perfection is it can make you more likable, right? You know, we at a young age are taught to sit correctly, dressed correctly, sit up straight, don't run around, don't get messy. And, you know, we're learning more now to, to really change that paradigm for our girls. But- I was definitely raised in that manner, right? You're a lady. The boys go out and play. The boys go and climb that. You don't climb that. You're you're wearing a dress. You can't do that, right? Mm. And so when we grow up, it becomes this, do I want to be brave or do I want to be liked, right? Mm -hmm. And as women, I feel we kind of always struggle with that, whereas Mm -hmm. maybe our male counterparts don't even think about it, right? right? Because why would they? And why should we? Right? So um, I do struggle with that. I try my best to be brave now, Mm -hmm. now, right? It Mm -hmm. took some time for me to be able to do that because liking me, it's okay if you don't. And that took a lot more time than actually becoming brave. It's because at the end of the day here, it's about the work.
0: There's a beauty in being likable and showing that you have a good heart. But it takes a lot of courage to, to make a win. Correct. So if you look at sports, let's say soccer, there's a situation where are you going to let that person take the shot? To or be nice. To be nice. And like. Right? Right. And still, that was an opportunity for you. Right. I feel guilty. Yep. That I'm looking out for me. Yeah.
1: And then you you, you then wonder, am I likable if I allow this person to take the shot because maybe they're one point away from you know record or a career breaking record right and so then you go back to that team mentality right what's best for the overall team I have to go to basketball because I don't know soccer oh, sure. right my godson's no soccer but uh, I, I'm hey, none the wiser right That's I'm just right. like kick the ball right. um, in that other thing um, but you know you you play the position you need to play at that point in time you know the point guard sometimes changes that position does it change it does it mean that they are no longer the point guard Mm -hmm. right and so you either have to be that brave person who takes the shot or
0: that one who gives the assist can you think of a moment of bravery where you had to do something where there was a lot of wondering whether you know you were nice by taking your opportunity
1: i mean that's my job every day okay right This is a this is a very interesting and tough business that I'm in and I love it and I'm passionate about the business of it. Right. I'm a, I'm a true believer in managed care and what it can do for improving people's lives. So in the operations of this business, yeah, I mean, I, I balance that all day, every day. But at the end of the day, one, I am a soldier. So are so many others. and. With that, you know, we collectively have to achieve. And so I don't look at it as taking a step back or a step away or a step down or worry about the likability of a decision. Mm -hmm. Um, I worry about how effective it's going to be in accomplishing what we have to do.
0: How responsible do you feel about building morale? I try my best to
1: work with people and treat people the way I want to be treated so I, I do I am a social person I, I do love planning the parties and I do make it very evident that I my desire is to do that but sometimes the time doesn't allow it right and you know some people will know that they may get a gift three months after their birthday but it will be a very thoughtful gift right because that's the time that I had it is what it is so mm-hmm. I think it's still important to make the time to make your team members feel important, right? Mm
0: -hmm. How about the hard news? A nurturer only tells you, you're great, you're doing wonderful, but to be a boss, sometimes you have to break bad news. Do you see a spectrum of boss versus nurturer as I've defined it? For me, no. I, I, I straddle mm-hmm. both ends
1: right because it goes back to that person right I'm a firm believer that you have to know the person in order to know how to deliver a message and so delivery of a nurturing message may be more effective than that hardcore let me be you know frank or trans 100% transparent in the way in which you would perceive a boss or a manager to have to 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 be right right so I really think it's important to understand the who so that everything you communicate can be heard. Mm. So you can be,
0: oh, that makes sense. So you can be different with different people because you're focused on the person. Correct. And not... Just okay. This is my style across the board. Correct. But the person. Correct. So, how do you feel that in the past your bosses have been with you? Everyone has their style, right? So, I'm
1: not going to begrudge anyone for for their own style. I just know what I need as a as an employee. There were people who really got to know me, right? That first uh, manager that I had. Or the first two, Deidre and Kelly, they really got to know me. I was with Kelly for nine years, mm-hmm. right? Um, Deidre unfortunately passed away at a very young age, mm. um, early in our mentorship, um, which was which was huge, but and also had some lasting impacts on me, right? Um, to see this powerhouse be taken away so right. at such a right. young age, but sorry. Kelly was Kelly was there and she was amazing and she got to know me. I think that most of my managerial style is because of her. Right, She pretty much set that clay on the the little wheel and made the first, the bowl. And everyone else is just adding more clay to it. Because she really got to know Acacia, I have a vested interest in getting to know everyone else. And I am also okay when people don't get to know me because I can deal with that too.
0: Have you ever had someone too harsh? One
1: manager I really was frustrated with and only to find out that she wasn't being clear intentionally, right? Because she wanted me to figure it out. And so I also adopted that style of managing. So when some of my team members come to me, especially one in particular right now, we'll have a conversation, we'll walk down the path of possible resolutions to an issue and she'll ask me a question and I'll say, no, I'm not telling you the answer to that. Like you're, you're more than capable of figuring that part out. We can continue to talk through it. Let's talk it out. Right. But I'm I know the answer. I'm not going to tell you. You're going to figure it out. That was probably one of the most interesting things to have happen to me and then realize I did it to someone else. And Mm. I think I mean, she's a rock star. She is bad right now. Okay. And and like the way you say bad in a good way. right. right. Like, (laughs) but it's because I don't coddle her. Okay. Right. You have to be able to let your team members fly on their own. What made you decide to become a mentor? When I taught dance to children, which will teach you humility that you never had or never thought you were capable of having, you know, mostly inner city children in Philadelphia. um, And it's an African dance program. So I had mostly girls. Right. And so I loved talking to these young girls about life, why the art was important in their life that started this like fire in me to really support women. Um, especially minority women, but you know, I can stop, I can put the period after women Mm -hmm. um, because we are so far behind our male counterparts in, in a lot of things. And it's unfortunate. So I became a mentor to really help women realize and see the potential that they may not see in themselves. Right. And that, that became my personal passion. Right. So when I look for a mentee, because I'm also a firm believer that a mentor must look for a mentee. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Your mentor picks you because they see something in you that Mm -hmm. they want. Mentorship programs are really great to match, but the mentorship that lasts are are the ones where you find um, that spark that you really. are are interested in seeing it grow and seeing where it goes to, uh, which is why I told you you're stuck with me for the rest of your life.
0: Okay, so <laughs> um, <laughs> thank
1: you. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I really do have a passion in seeing women achieve more than they thought they could. Being there to bear witness to that that
0: journey. Taking our conversation a different direction recently. California passed a law discrimination is no longer permissible for African American hair. Oh wow. And hair in general for any woman is something that quickly makes us stand out as whether we are put together. Yeah like why is hair even a topic? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> But know, it, it is, it's is—it's real. It's real. I know. To be told that you can't wear certain hairstyles Correct. and have respect at the same time. Mika Brzezinski from Morning Joe wrote a book Know Your Value. She talk about how she would spend so much time on her work, even though this is a woman with short, straight hair. The one feedback that she would get from their viewer audience is, Mika, try harder to at least look the part, but what is the part that we constantly have to play? What would you say, in your experience, having a put together look, how important has that been? Yeah. I, you know,
1: presentation is very important in most industries, right? You know, I have naturally curly hair. Um, it can be straightened. I generally wear it either way, whatever way I really feel like it, right? You have this, this natural hair movement occurring now, which is amazing. It's really refreshing. But I, I was, when did I actually start wearing my hair in its natural state, Right it wasn't until my senior year in high school, right? And, and then even through college, I think I predominantly wore it straight just because that looked more um, professional or that looked like, curly hair looked unkept, right? Um, so I'm really excited to have this societal change and acceptance. Um, and honestly, at the end of the day, what I, what I truly believe is I don't care about your hair, right? And I don't care about mine. Um, my ability to form a sentence, to, you know, form an argument or to make a statement does not depend on my hair, right? And I think we spend a lot of time wasting time on the distraction of appearance and worry less about substance, character, and things that should be way more important. Um, and so, you know, I I think that's exciting that California did that. And I also think it's really sad that they had to.
0: Yeah, it was really amazing <laughs> because, okay, if you don't get your nails done, you have to at least do your hair, right? Dang it. <sighs> I know. <laughs> but um, what's the line you walk with professional appearance?
1: So that's a difficult question for me because fashion is another passion of mine. But I would say... You know, it you have to look to your your peers in your industry and your in this age now, in the age of Facebook and Apple and Google, when you have the CEO of Facebook wearing the same thing every day, right? Jeff Bezos showing up in like a golf shirt and khakis, right, to run these multi billion dollar companies. You then look at yourself and sometimes I I will say I looked at myself sometimes sitting in a suit like, why am I in a suit? Like I just wow. I call it like dressing like a grown up. Right. Anytime I have to wear a suit, I'm like, oh, I have to dress like a grown up because I'm way more comfortable in stretchy jeans and a blazer and a shirt. So I think you always have to look professional. But I need people to be productive. Yes. And if you can be productive in business casual or casual. Now, there is now I say this with an asterisk, right? I was raised to, to know you have like school clothes. And you have weekend clothes. Right. And so that's kind of like my wardrobe. You have Monday through Friday clothes and then I have Saturday and Sunday clothes. Right. So I, I do kind of have this separation, but I don't think it is always important to be in business attire when working in, quote unquote, corporate America. Right. So do what will make you productive. Um, I sit. You know, with my legs crossed at my desk, um, under my desk when I'm working and I'm I'm typing and thinking through things, and I can't do that in a suit, and it, I get cold in a dress, right? So, I'm not as productive when I can't be comfortable in my work, and I do a lot of sitting and a lot of meetings. So, um, sometimes it requires me to put my foot on the chair and kind of like sit on my foot and like think like that comfort or in, in that manner or that posture that you had in college kind of sitting there think, reading, studying in the library. Right. Mm. I kind of bring that into my workplace. And so I need to be, be dressed to be able to do that. So, you know, occasionally my job requires me to wear a suit. It is what it is. I wear the suit. Um, but I really love that I can wear jeans. <laughs> too.
0: I, I enjoy wearing jeans as well. I do like my suits because uh, it's just so simple to put a dress on and not have to match pants, to shirt, right. to shoes. You just, one black blazer, one brown one, Right. it's done. Right, and, but,
1: <laughs> but at the end of the day, that's what's comfortable to you, yes. right? And I think that's important. If we want to drive productivity in, in, in any industry, let's let our employees be, be comfortable within reason, right? Yes. Comfortable, respectful, and not right. like distracting.
0: If you have to ask, can I get away with this? Right, it's probably, can't. I used
1: to say that about emails. <laughs> like I would send it to my ex work oh, no. husband and say, can you read this? And he would turn to me and say, Acacia, the minute you have me read something to look at the tone, just delete the email, like let it go. <laughs>
0: that capital D-E-L button can be your best friend. Yes. <laughs> So, but I think uh, you mentioned another thing that's very important to mention here as a mentor, that you have somebody in your life that can double check you. Right. Because there might've been a moment where I needed to double check myself. Right. And maybe I was ashamed to even ask somebody. But when that comes up again, just call, just ask, don't do it. Ask me. Right. Right. That's what we're here for. Thank (laughs) you. To wrap up, um, I wanted to look at what your larger vision for yourself as a mentor, like what are the bigger things that you're looking forward to doing?
1: Oh, wow. I, I aspire to be someone people can, can look up to and say, if she can do it, I can do it too. My chief of staff, um, I always tell her my goal for her are twofold. One is for her to get to my position an age before i got here right and then second is to grow faster than me so that she can take care of me because i don't plan on having any kids so no like she's gonna be responsible for me no um that's a joke but um that um you know c-suite adjacent or that c-suite person before i before i am Mm -hmm. and i i want to be that for other people right i never in a million, billion, trillion years would have considered myself a role model to anyone, right? Um, Especially not the way I grew up, especially not my career trajectory, right? In the beginning. But if I can stand in front of a group of individuals and they can see themselves in me, then my goodness, what what a good job I've done right? Mm -hmm. Because anything's possible. It sure is. Anything is possible. It sure is.
0: (laughs) In conclusion, we've talked about what it took for you to get into your position, mentoring. I love that we talked about something as fun as hair. (laughs) Me too. What's something you would say is a takeaway on how to have courage in the workplace?
1: Well, I think the first thing to remember is that we all are Approaching bravery in our own way, right? I still struggle with being brave. Um, I have some significant hesitations in so many different things, right? And so I think it's healthy to have that and to to be aware of your limitations currently, but to not let it stop you, right? You know, I'm a spiritual person, not a religious person, right? So take what I'm going to say, right? I saw this meme. And it said, um, God chose you because you were bold enough to carry out the assignment. And that has literally stuck with me. You were chosen for a reason. You're here for a purpose, live the purpose, right? Augie always tells me walk the mission. As long as you walk the mission, you can't go wrong. So walk your purpose. The other part was, I saw this, this um, mentor in my head, a woman by the name of Mia Ray. She said, <laughs> I can do all things through God and Google. Mm. Right. (laughs) one of the two of them has an answer for you yes right so if you if you don't find it in your spirit search google and that that answer will be there for you but honestly walk your purpose and if you have any questions about what that purpose is ask your creator or google it and figure it out get a mentor absolutely get a mentor or let a mentor show up so that a mentor actually finds you
0: Excellent. That is a great takeaway for us all. Thank you. Uh, Thank you so much for making time for me, not only today, but throughout the year, um, whether it be by text or the quickest coffee, and you say, hey, I got 15 minutes, (laughs) okay? Right. Right? You would make time. And uh, I have to also thank you, Acacia, for being so real. As formal as you made our meetings, you also had, let's be real, moments with me. <laughs> you gave me so much encouragement. It's just been a pleasure, and I will continue <laughs> to be interrupting your time. That's,
1: you're never an interruption. Thank never you ever. so Thank much. Thank you very much for, for sharing. being a pleasure.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been great to share your journey. <laughs> and um, everyone, I highly recommend you get a mentor. You can't have mine. i <laughs> I'm okay with that. (laughs) I'm okay to be shared too. (laughs) Reach out, reach out and take advantage of learning from someone else's journey. To anyone thinking about being a
1: mentor, do it. Honestly, do it. It is beyond rewarding. What I found in my mentees is that they pushed me. They mentored me. And I'm not saying that it's not like a flippant remark. No, really. My mentees gave me homework because I was very honest about what I struggle with, right again, shrinking violet, so I had a mentee before I went to a conference. She said, "Your job is to go to this conference and speak to three people you don't know, and then come back and tell me what happened right and I thought I was working on her, and she was working on me and so get yourself a mentee. I don't care what level you are in this organization. Get yourself a mentor because you can always learn from someone. I also would love to thank my mentor Linda greenfeld and Uh, Dino Castagli, because thank goodness for the two of you. You have really helped me throughout this year and beyond and have been helping me since I met you. So the program is is worth it. And even outside of the program, it's worth it too.
0: All right. Now that wraps up the story of my mentor. Happy 2020. God and Google. OK, <laughs> choose one. OK, or you can have both. Thank All you, right. All right. <laughs> All right. It's a professional life. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, it's a professional life.